0: Good morning, church. What a beautiful testimony of God's people coming together for the purpose of advancement of the gospel. It is an amazing thing to evangelize in a group. Not very many people talk about this, but there is something about a group of people going to evangelize together. Uh, Often we talk about one-on-one evangelism and you being that person that evangelizes someone. I I, I noticed uh, yesterday that um, I I would talk to someone and then somebody else would go and talk to that person and then somebody else would go and talk to that person. And that person who began with very rough on the outside, very uh, non-wanting to conversate, very non-wanting to talk about things, at the end of four or five people having a conversation about God and about Jesus was very open to receive us and the ministry in which we were doing. So I just want to encourage you as you think about evangelism in your community group and as we get ready for OKC, it is something to think about as evangelizing in groups, not just One on one. Well, uh, it is our family worship time, so our kids are with us this morning. They get to hear the preaching of the word. They'll be squirming around underneath, and that's great because we love them, and we're excited that they're with us This morning, we are in our series, Where Do We Go From Here? We're discussing our five core values and we're discussing what that looks like for the church. We are in our third of five core values. If we are going to be a people who love Christ and live his mission, we are going to be people who worship God, our first core value, worship We want to know him, the power of his resurrection. The second one, we're going to be people of prayer because nothing in the kingdom of God happens outside of asking God for his glory and his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And today we talk about the third of the five core values which give us a heart or people who have a heart have these values which is community. And what are we talking about with this word community? Christ-centered community. And it, it's described in scripture, the best I can describe it in the Greek, with the word koinonia. This type of deep fellowship, participation, sharing in, almost like a partnership. Think of it as together with one another. I can, you, can, you can see it here on my shirt this morning. I wore this on purpose. On mission together, right? Koinonia, this partnership together. The, the Christian life is meant to be done together in community with one another. The scripture tells us we have koinonia with God the Father with the Son and with the Holy Spirit, this vertical partnership, relationship, participation also coincides with our horizontal fellowship, koinonia, partnership, participation, built around the gospel of Christ. It's called the church. Christ-centered community that gathers together as the called out ones to encourage one another to live out their faith in Christ for the advancement of the kingdom of God on this earth. Koinonia is being in agreement with one another for the purposes that you have in Christ Jesus. Being united in purpose, serving alongside one another. Our koinonia with each other is based upon our common koinonia with Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says, if we say that we have fellowship, that word there, koinonia, with him... And walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, koinonia, with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So Christ-centered community, obviously, is built around Christ. But it... It is exemplified by what we do for one another. The Bible commands us in a lot of one another's in Scripture, the Bible commands us to be devoted to one another. To honor one another. To live in harmony with one another. To accept one another. To serve one another in love. To be kind and compassionate to one another. To admonish one another. To encourage one another. To spur one another on toward love and good deeds. To offer hospitality to one another. And to love one another. Another. So, what does this mean for us at Northwest Baptist Church? What does this mean for us as community, a core value of our church? Community for us is not just showing up and sitting in a pew. That is part of what we do in community with one another. We worship together. We hear the word of God together. We we fellowship in the congregation. But community is not just coming, right? I think we can all agree on that. Community is definitely not coming 1.2 times a month, right? Right? No community, Christ-centered community partners with one another to accomplish the mission of God together. On mission together. It is a life lived out with one another for the sake of the gospel, Community that covenants together endures. I believe in this last year we've seen this importance of what biblical community looks like this past year. We thank you, those that are of you that are continuing to be in community even though you are online and not with us. But those that are getting back into their life right now, your schedule is beginning to build. What I mean by that, your schedule is beginning to pile up. Things are opening back up. Schedules are becoming more and more full. That workout group is now calling, the dance group is calling, the work group, the school group, the old friends, the new friends, and do you have time for community that is built around the gospel? Do you have time for people striving side by side for the faith of the gospel? It's reset time in the church as we come back together and in our lives as we come out of a pandemic. What will we prioritize as important? What will the church prioritize as important? important. Where do we go from here? That's the title of the series. We go back to the basics. Worship, prayer, community, word of God, love in action. Where do we go from here out of the pandemic? We go back to what God has called us to as the people of God to fulfill the mission of God and we will look at a community of believers and the heart of a community today in Philippians chapter one, verse 23. That's about as long as you get for an introduction but it was worth our time to understand what we're talking about with the word community. Philippians chapter one, Verse 23, if you'll stand in honor of reading of God's word, this, we believe, is our authority. It is our guide, everything that we do according to God's word here at Northwest Baptist. Philippians chapter one, verse 23. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Can I get an amen right there? I mean, that's an amen. I mean, whoo. So that in me, you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. You can be seated. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we open this beautiful passage of Scripture that we would be able to understand the truths of your word. That we would be challenged to live our life not for our own glory, but for the glory of Christ. And we would do that in community, that we would live a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, there's a lot to this life. that Some we understand, some we do not. Father, help us to understand the importance of the church, the people of God, and being unified together for the purpose of advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I've said before, Philippians 2, 1 through 11 brings this whole letter together in just such a beautiful way. It's one of the first passages of Scripture I memorized as a young man. And it is a beautiful understanding of the mindset of a believer. The mind of Christ, the mind of the people of God. And it gives a secret in the middle of all this to the mind of Christ. In Philippians chapter two, verse three, it gives us this secret. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, I want you to think about this right now. I want you to think of a time in which you had an accomplishment. I want you to think of a time in which you had a great celebration because you accomplished something great. Maybe it was a job promotion, maybe it was a graduation, or or maybe it was winning an athletic tournament. Maybe it was seeing someone come to Jesus. Seeing someone that you have poured your life into baptized. Maybe it's seeing someone who you have discipled become a missionary and go overseas. Whatever it may be, I want you to think of that moment in which you reflect upon And I want you to think about this. I want you to think of all the people that sacrificed for you to accomplish your desire. I want you to think about those who worked under you for you to get that job promotion. You see, anything that we do as a church A lot of times I get the credit. And yet it's people behind the scenes that are doing the work. People you don't even know about that do the work to see what happens in God's church. Same in your job or your boss who spent time investing in your life for that promotion. Or the teacher who sacrificed their time to invest in your life. Or the spouse who gave up time for you to accomplish that graduation. Or someone who tutored you, or your parent who helped you accomplish your goals. Or a coach who invested in you and gave of their time, effort, energy. Or a pastor who invested in you. Or other players who set you up for success. How about the person who led you to Christ? Or discipled you to be able to take their time to share the message of the gospel, to be bold enough with you to share that. Whatever it was, there was someone who gave of themselves to accomplish the goal, the mission. And Paul says, to be with Christ would be far better. That is my desire. But... I remain and continue with you for your progress and your joy. Isn't that beautiful? For your progress and your joy. May that be the heart of the church. For you and your progress in the faith and your joy in the faith. That's a beautiful picture. We'll get there in a minute. I know I'm talking to the choir here, as many of you have been in the church a long time. You have endured much. Just in Northwest Baptist alone, in 11 year span from 2007 to 2018, you had four different pastors. So you understand, if you're still here, through four different pastors, you understand that the church, the body of Christ, is not about you. But the endurance of a community of believers is built around the thought process that I am giving of my life to one another for the sake of the gospel, not for my own sake. As your pastor, my commitment from me and my family is to give my life to you as your shepherd for your progress and for your joy in the faith. And If you think about that, I'm actually here for you and you're actually here for one another person sitting a few rows in front, the person that's sitting a few rows behind you. It ch- certainly changes your heart and why you're here. It's not to benefit from one another for our own good. Yes, that comes about as a good consequence to love for one another But we are not in a consumer mentality of how to be a better Christian or a better apologist or a better person myself but to have the mind of Christ and looking to the interests of others because our greatest joy and satisfaction is not in ourself. It is in God himself and a community that covenants together around the mission of Christ endures. Look at the context of this passage, Philippians chapter 1, verse 5. Paul speaks of the church's partnership, again that word koinonia, in the gospel. Their partnership in the gospel. They're partnering together in the gospel. And in chapter 1, verse 5, then he talks about the imprisonment on the suffer- and suffering for Christ that he is enduring. And God has used his suffering for the advancement of the gospel. And then he looks at his life and says, you know, you know, with full courage, Christ is going to be honored in my body in life and by death. We had a saint that passed away this last week, Gene Williams, and we we're able to say that he, he, Christ it was honored in his life and he is honored in his death. And then he gives this beautiful In verse 21, this beautiful phrase in which we all know, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Verse 22, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. It it is good for me, yet which... In Christ Jesus, because of my coming to you again. This is our first point this morning from this section. Continue in community for others' joy and progress in the faith. Brothers and sisters, there will be a time in which you say, I'm not sure, I need to go to church. There will be a time in which you say, I'm not sure I need to be in my community group. There will be a time in which there is a pull to say, I'm not sure I need the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, remember that you are not in the body of Christ for you. You are in the body of Christ for others' joy and progress in the faith. Are you suffering in your life? Flip the script. Be a blessing to someone else. Take your mind off your suffering and place yourself in someone else's shoes having difficulty enjoying community of believers, maybe even your church, taking what you're lacking in your community and give it to someone else. Keep running into the walls of the desires of your heart. Turn your desire for selfish ambition and vain conceit into giving to someone else. It's truly the secret to Christ centered community Paul says it's it is better Paul says it better than I can say this for your progress and joy in the faith Rob why did you become a pastor for your joy and progress in the faith why do you become a member at Northwest Baptist for other members' progress and joy in the faith? Why do you invest your life into a community group for others in the community group's process, progress and joy in the faith? Why do you share the gospel with people even if it's uncomfortable or uh, not, not easy to do? For unbelievers, progress and joy in the faith. Why do you deal with hard people in the church and love them anyway? For their progress and joy in the faith. Why do you disciple your children? For your children's progress and joy in the faith. Anything done in, a, in the church, leading a small group, church discipline, working with youth, giving of your finances. If it's not done, firstly, to glorify God and second, for others' progress and joy in the faith, we don't need it. Community is messy. When you get into the life of people, you recognize they're sinners. Welcome. The church is full of sinners who have been redeemed. People mess up. They will fail you. I will fail you. And yet... The community of believers is meant to be lived out with the mind of Christ. This is the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 1 through 4 says it best. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation or koinonia in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord in one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look to his not, not only to his own interests, But the interest of others. So, how is your life structured? How much of your life is structured around others' progress and joy in the faith? I'm going to give the challenge, all right? We'll call it the challenge. And the challenge is this to live intentionally for others' progress and joy in the faith. That's the challenge. What does that look like? Intentional study in the Word. Dig into the scriptures, not just for your progress and joy, but for others' progress and joy. Dig into the scriptures to, to, that it becomes so much a part of you that you are wanting to share that with someone else. Dig in, intentional study of the word. Revelation on Wednesday nights is a great way to get into the word. F260, we have plans for you. If you have started those and you have slacked off, it's about that time at the end of February where you go, now I'm, I, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm behind three or five days or two weeks and I'm done, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Don't stop, keep going. Pick it back up, get in it. We all know that we all spend more than three hours a week on social media, dig into the scriptures for three hours a week. That's 25 minutes a day. You can do that. Intentional study of the word. Number two, intentional evangelism. This is the challenge. Intentional study of the word. Number two, intentional evangelism. The group talked about having gospel conversations. We need gospel conversations as a church and we need to rejoice with one another when we have gospel conversations as a church. We're gonna start to keep track of those gospel conversations in your community groups. On average, the challenge is five conversations per week around the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can we do that? Five conversations Around two hours a week in gospel conversations about Christ. You spent two hours a week just going and talking to people about Jesus and said, for the next two hours I'm gonna talk to them about Jesus, then guess what? You will have intentional evangelism because the gospel is the most precious gift that we have. Number three, intentional prayer for the lost. The house of prayer is open. They are praying, 9:30 to 10:30. They had about eight people in there this morning. Next week, we are going to open that up after service to pray for families who are just coming back to our church to pray over them and those that need prayer. It's in the old chapel, but intentional prayer for people who do not know Christ. That's nine minutes a day. If you did 10 minutes a day, you're over what we need, but we need one hour a week of intentional prayer for lost people. Intentional study of the word. Intentional evangelism. Intentional prayer for the lost. That's what we, is the challenge coming out of the pandemic. That is our challenge to one another as we strive together for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come to you and see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. This is point number two. Live out the gospel in community with the mind of Christ. Live out the gospel. Look at what he says. Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Life reflecting Jesus. Life reflecting the gospel. Life reflecting the mind of Christ. Paul begins this section in verse 27 with the word only. The only thing, there is one thing, there is this all-encompassing thing that you as the church need to know. Live in a manner worthy of the gospel. All the other things will take care of themselves. Live in a manner worthy of the gospel. The, the word manner of life, it's translated multiple ways in, the, in, in different translations. It has to do with life in conjunction with others. Polituomai is the Greek word, it means to conduct oneself with proper reference to one's obligations in relationship to others as part of some community, to live, to conduct one's life, to live in relation to others. Let your manner of life, The, the Greek word comes from polis or city, or we get the word politics from this. It, the connotation in, in, in later in 320 has to do with this citizenship as, as part of some community, live in a way that reflects the gospel. Live in a way that is worthy of the gospel. As the church, the people of God, we ought to live worthy of the gospel. Bring your life in conformity to heaven, your citizenship in heaven. Your, your, the gospel is so precious, is so worthy that your life reflects it. That means it has an effect in every area of your life. You're able to forgive because Christ has forgiven you. You're able to love unconditionally because Christ has loved you unconditionally. You're able to sacrifice for someone because Christ has sacrificed for you. You're able to run after the lost because you were lost and Christ ran after you. You're able to have boldness amidst persecution because. Christ boldly went to the cross for you. You're able to endure suffering because Christ endured suffering for you. You're able to have humility because Christ himself humbled himself on the cross for you. The gospel lived out. Paul continues in this section. I read you the first four verses of chapter 2. I'm going to read you the second few verses beginning in verse five, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the mind of Christ. And Paul calls the church to have this mind. One spirit, one mind, striving. One spirit, referring to the Holy Spirit who grants peace Unity through the bond of peace within the body of Christ, with one mind, and we just read the mind of Christ, the humility, laying your life down for one another. And then he says, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. The term striving, Paul uses this term multiple times throughout this book other of his letters, it's this term for striving as athletes in competition. This striving is not in competition with one another. It's as a team for the faith of the gospel. Yesterday was a beautiful day in the life of the church. Uh, we can celebrate together because It's been a long road, it's been a long pandemic. It's been hard to have community. It's been difficult for us all. But yesterday we had pancakes and princesses in the morning. We had a bunch of fathers with their little girls and we were able to watch them, love their little daughters, dance with their little daughters make them feel loved and special. But we weren't doing it alone. We saw the fathers interacting with their children and seeing them love their little girls. Then we had Gene Williams' funeral yesterday and I got to see a community group love this man and his family through the end of his life. Whole community group showed up Many of them have not been able to come to church, but they showed up for this man in mass, serving one another, loving one another. It was a beautiful picture of community. And then we got to see a group of people, missions-minded people, go out into our city with the hope of Christ and share hope with hopeless people. Share love with them, not only meeting physical needs, but also spiritual needs. It's a beautiful day yesterday. It's a beautiful day to be a part of Northwest Baptist Church, Christ centered community. Verse 28, we're almost done. And not frightened in anything by your opponents, this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is point number three is this, being in Christ-centered community is a sign of your salvation. Being in Christ-centered community is a sign of your salvation. What is this referring to? This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. I believe it's referring to these people boldly standing together, woven together together through Christ standing firm with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel this stand is a with brothers and sisters against darkness against evil and this persecution in midst of this trial and you standing firm amidst it is a sign of your salvation. Don't you want to be in that group of people stand? That group of people who have one mindset, the mind of Christ, that group of people who stand side by side for one purpose, and that is to advance and have the faith of the gospel. You see, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and there is a reason Paul says, striving side by side. It's not a lone ranger principle. There, there is no lone ranger in the Christian faith. Lone Ranger had Tonto, okay, it's so fine, fine. But what do predators do, right? Predators they separate the prey from the flock. So they can isolate them from the community. And then they attack. We are stronger together. We are stronger in community because we can stand side by side for the faith of the gospel. If you are in community, that means your brother or sister who is struggling, you lift them up. Brother and sister who needs encouragement, you bring them the encouragement they need in the gospel. Brother and sister who is wavering in their faith, You bring them back to the truth of Christ. All of these things are done in community with one another. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, let us consider how to stir up one another toward love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. encouraging one another as you see the day approaching. So when relationships in the church get rough, and I'm not going to lie, they will, just remember that you are here for their progress and their joy in the faith. And you have the ability to love people in the gospel because your life is Christ. This is why one of the reasons why we take membership so seriously at Northwest. We'll have people joining us today in membership as they've gone through our membership class and they've signed an agreement. Each member has a commitment affirmation. Call it what you may, it's, it's a covenant. A written agreement or promise usually under a seal of two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action. A covenant relationship is not merely a mutual acquaintance, but a commitment to responsibility and action. A key word in scripture to describe this kind of commitment is faithfulness. The Bible talks about covenants between God and man. There are at least four essential elements to biblical covenants. These elements are an intimate relationship, a public oath, a coordinating sign, and perpetual obligations. One covenant that you're familiar with is the covenant of marriage in which we have an intimate relationship with someone. We have a public oath in which we say, I do. We have a a ring as a coordinating sign and then we have this perpetual obligation to remain faithful to our spouse in sickness and in health. And each of our new members for the past few months have been giving this commitment of affirmation. And I want to read those to you. If you have it, you can throw it on the board on the screen here. But this is something that we've come up with. It says this, to help, this is our commitment to them to help you become a fully developing gospel-centered follower of Jesus. We will work together to become a Christ-centered community of faith following the leadership of the Lord to carry out his mission locally and globally. What we're saying to people that come into our church as members is our commitment to you is for your progress and your joy in the faith. We want to help you become a fully developing Gospel center follower of Jesus. And the members' commitment to the congregation is thus In response to God's love for me and my desire to share His love with others, I commit to the following a lifestyle that proclaims the gospel in word, in action practicing life on life discipleship by being in a community group and having a heart that desires to serve and give for the mission of Christ. That's what we ask people that we welcome into the body to do. We're asking them to be a part of the community faith, to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ by proclaiming the gospel in word and action, to practice life-on-life discipleship by being in community, to stand firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and having a heart the desires to serve and give for the mission of Christ being on mission for the glory of Christ. At the end of this section, we're gonna go through all five core values. And at the end, I'm gonna give every one of you who have been members here an opportunity to reaffirm your commitment. You don't have to do that. You're already a member here. We receive you as such. But if you would like to affirm the same commitment that our new members are doing, we would love to give you that opportunity. And that's one of the reasons why we're going through these core values so that we can be one, right? One spirit, one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel i know that you've been through four pastors in the last in 11 years in a period but i ask you to to walk together not for me but for one another as we move forward out of this pandemic for the mission of god Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning knowing that this is very challenging. As we read the scriptures, sometimes we can be overwhelmed, and yet we know that, Father, you are the one that accomplishes this. You are the one that gives us a desire for you that helps us to live out our faith in a manner worthy of the gospel. And Father, as we challenge the church for Christ to be their life, we pray that you would work through your Holy Spirit for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.